When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the next edition of Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Kevin Sinclair. It's been a uh, huge week for Notre Dame Recruiting. No way around it. We've had a commitment from Jameer Smith on Sunday, commitment from Shane Simon on Tuesday, and now it's Thursday, and Jack Lamb, the four-star linebacker from California, is about to make a decision tonight. Uh, at the second part of the show, we've got Brian Doan, Scouts Northeast Analyst, talking a little bit about Simon's commitment to Notre Dame why he fits at Notre Dame. He's given give some thoughts on Jason Owa as well. And then we're also going to have an interview with Greg Biggins, Scott's West Coast analyst around L.A., to talk a little bit about Jack Lamb. By the time you listen to this, he'll probably have already made a commitment, so we'll talk a little bit about Notre Dame, the impact there, if that's where he goes, how Notre Dame and UCLA have sort of gone back and forth in this recruitment, and just sort of some, some thoughts on Lamb as a player in general. So with all that, we're just going to jump straight into our Five Guys segment. Um Kevin, I'll just go first because I got a bunch of commitments to uh, go through. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll start with Shane Simon just because that was a huge one for Notre Dame. It's one that we both felt was going to come at some point. Uh, he's number 152 overall on scott.com, number 11 among outside linebackers. Uh, Brian Doan and I talked a little bit about is he a tweener, is he a hybrid? It sort of depends on your perspective and whether you differentiate between those two terms at all. But, uh, man, that was a massive pickup. Sweet for Notre Dame, beating out Michigan really head-to-head. And, and also, with Notre Dame's defensive system changing over, Mike Elko, the rover position, I mean, it does not... I mean, we talked about Jeremiah Wusu-Karamoa being a, a big pickup last year. Shane Simon is even bigger than that. I mean, this is just a massive pickup for Notre Dame. Yeah, absolutely. I, I sort of predict him to be a, a multi-year starter, and he just fits that role like a glove. Um, not only just athletically, but, you know, at 6'3", 215, is, is just so ideal for the position and such a great kid. Um, I've talked to him, you know, several times, and I've talked to his head coach, Rich Hansen, who just gushes about him, said he's just a tremendous young man. So uh, I'm very big on Shane Simon from the time I first watched his huddle film when it came out, when I right at that time was learning about Mike Elko's defense in the rover position and, and just sort of watching his film, I sort of pegged him as that, that top choice for the position. It's been neat to watch Notre Dame land him. Um, my first guy in my list is uh, Telly Plummer, uh, three-star cornerback out of Georgia, six foot, 185 pounds, uh, Langston Hughes high school in Fairburn, Georgia. Um, number 13 cornerback in Georgia, number 57 in the South. Um, Telly Plummer uh, was sort of dropped a top five of Georgia Tech, Louisville, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, and Penn State last month. Uh, he sort of set visits uh, to Ole Miss, uh, Louisville, and Notre Dame for July because he had sort of already been to Georgia Tech and Penn State after uh, Ole Miss lost uh, their head coach. Scratched that off the list. Visited Louisville. Uh, absolutely loved that trip. Uh, he told me that he went to, and visited there with his parents. I believe it was on Friday, and they were really blown away with facilities and the dorms. 
Um, you know, it sounded like he was very sold. And we were having this conversation on the 24th, which was supposed to be the day he was supposed to visit Notre Dame. And he told me that he just couldn't make it up there. Um, he sort of hinted to the fact that it sounded like his parents wanted him to go to Louisville. Um, he said that his parents had decided where they wanted him to go to school. And considering they were on the visit with him there um, and hadn't visited Notre Dame, uh, sort of have a strong indications that Louisville will be his pick tomorrow when he decides on his birthday. Um, so unfortunately, it looks like Telly Plummer is going to be scratched off that cornerback list. Yeah, in terms of commitments, I think Notre Dame actually has a very good chance to get uh, Jack Lamb tonight, the six foot four, two hundred twenty pound linebacker out of Temecula, California. He's number ninety six overall on Scout.com. I saw him at the opening; was incredibly impressed, as were the scout analyst team. I think. That moved Lamb up from sort of like a top 200 prospect to a top 100 prospect. You know, whether he's a Mike linebacker or a Buck linebacker, I'm not even sure I really care. Uh, I think he would be outstanding at either of them and would be an athletic upgrade to the guys Notre Dame signed last year, the year before that, and the year before that. Um, this is just not an athlete Notre Dame has enough of at the linebacker position, and he will be a huge get. I give, assuming it's Notre Dame, I'm going to give Brian Pullen a ton of credit. Uh, because I do think Notre Dame just sort of outfoxed UCLA to get him, if if that's how it breaks tonight. Because um, UCLA was the more comfortable school, closer to home, all that. And I think Notre Dame, and Kevin, you could speak to this a little bit, it sort of links back to my first guy, Shane Simon. I do think there was sort of a, um, the guys at Notre Dame remind me of me type of vibe with Lamb, and you sort of got to know the dad a little bit as well. Yeah, and talking with people close to Lamb, um, just sort of throughout the week here, when Shane Simon committed, that seemed to sort of spark his interest and, you know, catch his attention. Um, you know, we're talking about a couple of like-minded kids there. They met uh, at the opening. Um, you know, we're talking about a couple of linebackers. They're both leaders, high academic kids, highly ranked kids, opening finalists, um, you know, being recruited by Notre Dame. You put that on top of, you know, the other opening finalists, Within that defensive class, um, you know, the strong degree, we're talking about a kid who uh, wants to major in business, you know, with the, Mendo with the Mendoza School of Business at Notre Dame. That's intriguing. Um, you know, his family seems to be high on Notre Dame, uh, added Notre Dame to his top five without visiting, then turned around and really enjoyed his visit. Um, things are looking really good for the Irish going into this, and it was, uh, I think it was important that he got this decision date pegged, you know, the day before UCLA's barbecue slash uh, big, amazing facility unveiling. Um, so I think that that was important as well. But yeah, the timing of Shane Simon's commitment uh, couldn't have been better for the Irish in this one. Yeah, and I think before you jump to your next guy, like I think Jack Lamb's commitment timeline is interesting because I think if you had asked either of us a month ago, okay, Jack Lamb is deciding on July 27th. Is that good news or bad news for Notre Dame? I think we both would have said bad because... I would have. The, the thought was he needed to come back for a game weekend to sort of get all that vibe happening uh, to, to, to get Notre Dame over the hump against UCLA where he was just more familiar with the program. So I think it's, that's part of the reason I feel like Notre Dame with Brian Pullian just sort of out-recruited UCLA for him uh, because the, this timeline should have favored UCLA, not Notre Dame. That's, I think, another interesting sidebar to this. Yeah, even, even this time last week, we were thinking, you know, Notre Dame's going to need an official visit to pull ahead of this one. But I think, um, you know, him announcing tonight and uh, things, you know, trending towards Notre Dame sort of tells us that 
Notre Dame might have been higher uh, on his list or, you know, in better standing than we had even thought. So that's uh, that's uh, looking good for Notre Dame this evening. Six o'clock will be his commitment time, Pacific time. Um, and also add that he's going to be an early enrollee. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, interesting as well. Um, my second guy on the list is uh, another three-star cornerback, Joseph Wilkins Jr., uh, out of North My- Fort Myers, Florida, North Fort Myers High School, six foot two, 180 pounds. Uh, I spoke with him recently, um, just sort of catch up and see where he's at in his recruitment. Um, hasn't uh, made a, a ton of visits. I know he's been over to uh, South Florida. Um, he's pretty familiar with that program. He was offered by uh, Taggart when he was on staff there. And then he said he was sort of re-offered by uh, Coach Strong um, when he you know, took, uh, took his coaching position there. Um, so basically what his sort of past with Notre Dame and being recruited, uh, Autry Denson visited his high school in the spring, followed by Todd Light also visiting his school, um, which prompted an offer at the cornerback position. He has a pretty big offer list, Arizona, Iowa State, Kentucky, Louisville, Maryland, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Pitt, South Carolina, South Florida, Washington State. Those sort of represent his top offers. Um, You know, he's really high on Notre Dame, and he's, you know, he sort of said that people keep asking him, you know, people he knows in Florida and others, you know, why haven't you committed to Notre Dame yet? And it's because he wants to he wants to visit uh, this fall for a game first. Um, he has other visits in mind, but you know Joseph Wilkins, just sort of like Tariq Bracy, sort of seem like uh, I seems like a kid who you know Notre Dame could probably have if they if if he was a take. I I don't know that there's uh, any other schools he's as excited about at this time. He has good size. There's not a ton of film of him uh, playing the cornerback position, but he's definitely a good athlete. He told me. Uh, himself that he's not fully confident in his in his talent at the cornerback position yet but it was a huge confidence boost for him to get an offer from you know a former all-american former first round draft pick super bowl wing cornerback coach todd light so anyhow it was interesting talking with him i think notre dame you know is probably in the lead for him and we'll see what happens when he visits this fall all right next up for me a commitment that was not that long ago, but feels like it was a month ago now. Jameer Smith on Sunday, the running back out of Sanford, North Carolina. Six foot, 200 pounder. Uh, talked to his coach for a while on Sunday night, and he said Smith is a sort of 580 pound squat guy. And if you watch his film, it looks like it because he is not incredibly fast or lightning quick, but incredibly powerful. And I think he's going to have a lot of five to seven yard runs during his Notre Dame career. If offensive line recruiting continues to be good, um, second running back in the class, that's a topic we've talked a lot about on this podcast. Would Notre Dame take one? I was in the impression they wouldn't. Uh, so Smith's commitment was a surprise. We heard about this on Saturday night that a decision was in and it was going to be Notre Dame uh, from Michael Clark, you know, the scout, sort of North Carolina, Virginia analyst, does a great job out there, tipped us off to it. And I, I was a bit shocked, one, because we weren't even sure if Smith had visited Notre Dame at that point. Turns out he visited a week earlier with his coach who uh, I spoke with and um, not a big depth chart guy, not a big media guy, just fairly low key about the whole thing. So Jameer Smith, it's a, in some ways, I think a luxury take for Notre Dame, but if you look at Notre Dame's running back depth chart, Josh Adams could be down to his final year. Uh, if he has, you know, a outstanding junior season, you could see him leave Dexter Williams still waiting to sort of click in. And then Deion McIntosh, Tony Jones Jr., T.J. Holmes, 
haven't got on the field yet. Uh, CJ Holmes coming off injury, Marquis Steph coming off an injury. So, you know, what I learned from talking to Smith's coaching is, is that Chip Long's pitch was, I want to have two to three running backs game ready, not two to three running backs available, two to three that I could put in the game at any time. So I think that's why Jameer Smith was a take. Uh, it certainly would lead you to believe that Notre Dame's recruiting class has maybe a little bit more room to it than um, we would have thought initially. So interesting take, good player, and a lot in a lot of ways he's very, very similar to Marquis Stepp. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my next guy, Julius Irvin, safety out of Anaheim, California, Servite High School, six foot two hundred eighty-five pounds, uh, consensus four-star recruit, number six safety in, in California, number six in the West, number nineteen uh, nationally, and number two twenty overall recruit. Um, you know, Servite High School is obviously a program Notre Dame is very familiar with. Uh, Equinemia, St. Brown, Troy Nicholas came from there. Um, you know, I, Oscar McBride, former tight end uh, from Notre Dame, also played in the NFL. He was the offensive coordinator at Servite uh, High School. I believe the last three years he's taking this year off to work on his doctorate, he told me. But I caught up with him, uh, I think it was late winter, early fall, uh, sorry, early spring, uh, to talk about Julius. He just gushed about him, said he's, you know, absolutely a Notre Dame kid and that he was really excited about the Notre Dame offer. Um, Irvin has stated that he's going to take an official visit to Notre Dame this fall. Uh, this week, he dropped a top five of Michigan, Notre Dame, USC, Washington, and Utah. And uh, this sort of the consensus that I've heard from speaking with different people, you know the um, California recruiting scene um, and other people that know Julius himself, sort of telling me that Washington sort of might be the front runner for him right now. Uh, he used to sort of, I guess he sort of spoke to the media a lot earlier in the recruiting year, but now he's sort of been a lot more, you know, keeping to himself. Uh, but, you know, any kid from Servite visiting Notre Dame, you got to think they have a good chance. Um, he's a, a high academic kid. Um, but, it, you know, this also goes to whether, just like the running back, the second running back uh, situation, will Notre Dame take a second safety? And I think if they, you know, decided they wanted to take another safety, this kid's probably the top safety on their board who's considering Notre Dame at this moment. It's also Paul Moala and Chagosi and Newsium and D'Angelo McKenzie has some work to do with his SAT, ACT. So it's been interesting watching how, um, you know, the safety recruiting situation is going on. But uh, keep your eye on Julia serving because this kid's a good one. Yeah. Uh, next up for me, Sam Taimani visited Notre Dame earlier this week, four-star Offensive guard, center, defensive tackle out of Salt Lake City, Utah, 6'2", 280. Uh, although I think he's a little bit bigger than that, having seen him in person at the opening. But came out to Notre Dame, expected to be impressed. Notre Dame went even above and beyond that. They um, said Notre Dame is his leader now. I am not confident that uh, Washington is just going to mail this one in. Uh, or even Utah, which is basically right across the street. And there's some family connections there. So... I like him as a take, uh, as a guard or center. I love the fact that he could play defensive tackle or offensive line. And I, I think that really enhances his versatility. Notre Dame's talking a lot about offensive line with him. I think he easily could play defensive tackle where they already have Jason Adamalola and Jamie and Franklin. So it's 
this is, uh, I think, a guy that fits better on the offensive line just because Notre Dame needs attitudes like this on the offensive side of the ball. They don't have enough of these guys. And uh, Sam Tavani, if you watch his film, is just a mean dude on Friday nights in Utah. So he's somebody that has already said he'll be back for an official visit. Could be the Georgia game. Could be the USC game. Uh, but he is somebody that I think went from before the visit, sort of like a name-to-know, dark horse type, to after the visit. Notre Dame is going to be top two, top three for him the rest of the way. Uh, I, I really like Notre Dame's chances here moving forward. Yeah, my next guy is uh, wide receiver Kevin Austin. We all know about him. Uh, he announced that he's uh, going to be announcing his decision on August 11th. So Austin, the four-star wide receiver. I believe he's oh, uh, ranked 160 overall in the class, opening finalist. Um, he's down to uh, Notre Dame, Miami, Tennessee, and Duke. Uh, a lot of people sort of consider Notre Dame to be the front runner. I'm in that group. Uh, Miami also being sort of a significant um, member of that sort of top four, uh, given that he lives in South Florida uh, near Miami. Um, he's getting pushed a lot from what we've heard and what we assumed. Um, a lot of, I guess, athletes he knows and around him and from his program um, either committed to Miami or uh, hold offers from Miami. Um, but we're talking about a kid who truly, truly wants to get like, the best education that he can, and that's why it makes it difficult for me to see him choosing uh, Miami. Um, makes me difficult for me to see him choosing anyone but Notre Dame. Um, so Notre Dame, after losing Braden Lindsay, uh, that sort of made Kevin Austin come, you know, become sort of a must-get recruit for Notre Dame, uh, given last year as well. Uh, bringing in only two receivers and one uh, being only a, you know, being a slot receiver that gives them one wide out. Um, you know, they're going to be losing some wide receivers. I think after this year, I believe Equinemius St. Brown, uh, I sort of predict he's going to take a run at the NFL, but we'll see what happens there. Regardless, they need to add wide receivers. They need to definitely add two more. Uh, Kevin Austin's the the, the top prospects in that group who's considering Notre Dame right now, in my opinion. Um, and it, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I've predicted Notre Dame um, to get the commitment for Kevin Austin. All right, last up for me, Cam McGrone, four-star linebacker from Indianapolis. This is a guy I thought Notre Dame was going to get when they offered him uh, late spring, early summer. Had visited a couple times, good fit for the program, knows some of the other commits from the Indianapolis area, Marquis Step included. Um, but right now definitely trending towards Michigan and McGrone just came out today and said, he's going to commit at the very end of the month. He's got a visit set up to Michigan this weekend. Uh, so I think you sort of read between the lines there. That's going to be the Wolverine sort of the, the anti Jack lamb parallel where instead of visiting UCLA this weekend, he's going to commit beforehand. That looks good for Notre Dame, but, uh, McGrone, I think would still be a take for Notre Dame. If he said, you know what? I, I really want to be at Notre Dame, but, um, Ultimately, I think Notre Dame is going to finish second behind Michigan here, and I think Notre Dame's probably going to be okay with that, uh, even though they, they would have liked him to be part of this linebacker core reinvention. Uh, McGrone's interesting prospect from the standpoint he tore his ACL last season, has recovered all the way enough to make the opening finals, and was pretty good out there. Really good open field tackler. I like what he brings uh, athletically, even he doesn't blow you away in terms of stature, uh, in terms of a linebacker who can just get in the right position to make stops. McGrone does a really nice job of that. So 
Looks like he'll uh, end up playing in Notre Dame Stadium down the road, but he'll be wearing a Michigan uniform when he doesn't. So he's my fifth guy this week. Yeah, my fifth guy is defensive end Jason Owa. Um, outside of the um, you know commits this week and then the decision of Jack Lamb, he's been the most talked about prospect within sort of the Notre Dame realm recently. Six foot five, two hundred thirty-six pound prospect at a Blairstown, New Jersey Blair Academy. Uh, four-star prospect, number 106 overall. Uh, offers from Boston College, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Maryland, Navy, uh, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Temple, and Bandy, and others. Ivy League schools, uh, also a part of that, Harvard, Dartmouth. Um, you know, this came down to Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Penn State. Um, then from there, after visiting Notre Dame, it came down to Notre Dame and Ohio State. Uh, but... You know, it's, it sounds like he's truly wanting to make a run at the NFL, and it seems like he's comfortable enough with Ohio State's academic program. And he's, uh, you know, it looks like Urban Meyer and Larry Johnson have done a really tremendous job of recruiting him. Uh, Larry Johnson, clearly a really strong defensive line coach, and um, the two of them have, I guess, bonded really well. And Sort of much to the dismay of Notre Dame fans, um, this kid who's a you know seemingly perfect fit for the drop-end position, and also just as a you know a student athlete at Notre Dame, given as you know has Ivy League level uh, academics, um, I think not only myself but I think pretty much any analyst who's looked into this is expecting him to commit to Ohio State uh, anytime now. Um, his coach Jim Sailors told me that he's. You know, confident he'll commit in July. So, um, you know, we're at the, we're nearing the end of the month here. Um, I've sort of taken this opportunity to bring him up to just talk about the, the drop-end recruiting. Um, right now, it's looking pretty thin. Uh, there's uh, about three recruits uh, being recruited at the position who've um, mentioned uh, visiting Notre Dame coming up. Joseph Osai uh, out of Texas has been talking about um, taking an official for uh, the home opener, uh, but we've also heard um, there's just heavy indications that Texas A&M uh, or Texas are basically the front runners for him uh, from talking people kind of close to SI and, and close with Texas recruiting. I've heard that he could end up making a commitment before the end of the summer as well, so he could come to Notre Dame already committed uh, to a Texas program, so that look, that's looking um, like a sketchy situation for Notre Dame, Malik Abdul McLean out of California. Uh, he stated that he'll probably visit Notre Dame, and I think it should be this summer. Um, but I've also heard from doing my research on him that, uh, and listening to his interview with Greg Biggins recently, it sounded like Washington is the front runner for him. Um, but I think with a good visit, Notre Dame could, you know, get in there for his commitment. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, and then Elijah Winston, um, you know, he's sort of a line outside linebacker, he, but he would play the drop end role at Notre Dame. He continuously talks about visiting Notre Dame as well, although we haven't seen it. No plans have been pinned down. Um, and he's sort of, you know, considered an Oregon lean. I know he gives, uh, his brother plays football at Oregon. So that that's basically the situation at drop end going forward. Um, if OA commits to Ohio State, and I think that, we're going to see what we'll see this year is a lot of probably what we saw last year. And that's uh, just a lot of evaluating throughout the fall by the Notre Dame defensive staff, uh, trying to find some sort of late bloomers. Uh, again, our guys that aren't on their, you know, sort of radar at the moment, like last year sort of pick, um, you know, 
picking up on uh, Kofi Wardlow and Myron Tagovailoa most late in the game. Um, yeah, it's either going to be a situation uh, along those lines or, you know, like we saw with um, Jack Lamb, how, you know, the commitment of Shane Simon sort of grabbed his attention. Um, hopefully for Notre Dame, maybe some of these you know, drop ends on their board at high caliber weak side defensive ends. We'll sort of see the, the quality of talent in this defensive class uh, with the commitment of Shane Simon and possibly tonight with the commitment of, of Dan, uh, sorry, of Jack Lamb and sort of wanting to jump on board. So we're, it's something I'm keeping a close eye on. And it's going to be really interesting and really important uh, going forward. Yeah, no question about that. And uh, you mentioned Jason Oa, Ohio State, spoiler alert, that's sort of where Brian Doan thinks he's going. And we're going to get into our interview with Brian Doan, talking mostly about Shane Simon, a little bit about Jason Oa, and then Greg Biggins to follow that. So until next time on Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra, I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Kevin Sinclair. Enjoy the next two interviews. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insiders Recruiting Extra, joined by Brian Doan, our Northeast analyst at scout.com, who has seen Shane Simon, I think probably more than anybody. And so, Brian, I wanted to jump into that. I guess you saw him as a sophomore, and I'm curious how quickly it became obvious that he was going to be sort of one of the next big things at uh, St. Peter's Prep. Um, after about three seconds of seeing him, okay. <laughs> it, was at a, it, was, it was at a practice. Probably this time of year, heading into his sophomore year. Um, I remember going up to St. Peter's because, shoot, it may have even been Brandon Wimbush committing or announcing, whatever it was. You know, they have a ton of kids at that school. And going up there to see an announcement and you see these kids working out and he's kind of on the other side with the first year kids. And like, who's that kid? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just stands out and you watch him move and, you know, St. Peter's Prep is a, I mean, they produce big-time kids all the time, so you're always waiting for the next in line. And, and it was pretty clear that in the 18 class he was going to be the next in line. And, and same with the Twins who are going to Notre Dame. You just saw, you know, they're, they're just built differently. And, you know, they just have more muscle twitch than other people do and they work out harder than other people do. So it, it, it was pretty evident from the beginning and, and he didn't even play a ton as a sophomore. Mm -hmm. It's not like he was out there playing all the time. Um, but if, you know, I'm, I'm thinking with my memory, which isn't always the best <laughs> on time frames, but I could have sworn that, you know, when he was, geez, coming through, Minka Fitzpatrick, the kid down at Alabama, who you think will leave after this season, um, who's, who's absolutely been a stud for them, was part of the secondary. So he had to fight for playing time. It's not like you, you come in that young at St. Peter's Prep and you're going to play easily. That's not the way it is there. You have to work your way through. Yeah, no, and I'm curious, like, in terms of his personality, you've been around him more than most. I think, like, with the Adam Alola twins, like, those were good fits for Notre Dame. I think Simon is like the quintessential fit for Notre Dame. What, what, what about his makeup makes him a good good fit for the program here? Well, I, I mean, and, and it's not saying whether Jason or Justin are good or aren't good fits. They're just different. I mean, Jason and Justin enjoy the recruiting process. They're, they're social with the recruiting process and what's going on with it. Um, and, and they're willing to talk about it all the time. 
Shane is just quiet, just wants to go about and do his job, work hard, get good grades, develop on the football field, all stuff like that. And, you know, I, I hope people had a chance to watch his commitment video because it was the length of the video. I mean, that, that's how long the announcement was. <laughs> the coach called the kids around, said, hey, uh, you know, told them that he didn't think it was the best practice they've had and they need to practice better the next day. And then turned it over to Shane. And Shane's like, no, I guess I should say something. And within 20 seconds, said he's going to Notre Dame. And everybody clapped. And that was the end of it. And then I said, hey, Shane, can I grab you for a quick interview? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. But it was like there was no big celebration. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, got this over with. Let me go on to the next thing. Yeah, it was it was about as understated as your. I mean, you've uh, got borderline three star prospects who have uh, more pomp and circumstance to their decisions than uh, Shane Simon did. And I'm hey, curious, I, I've seen people go into JUCO with more yeah. pomp and circumstance <laughs> than Shane Simon. Yeah, uh, his fit for Notre Dame because I think a lot of times when you think is he a safety, is he a linebacker, there's a negative. Tweener has sort of a pejorative connotation to it with the way Notre Dame runs its defense now. It makes him even a better fit for what they're trying to do here at the at the rover position. Do you think he could have been like a, a all field safety? Uh, do you think he would have grown into a linebacker? If we're talking like a traditional four three scheme, what what do you see as far as his position fit long term? You know, you and I spoke about this at the opening a little bit. I think keeping him as just a safety, I think that would have been tough. Because you're talking about a kid who's not even in his senior year of high school, who's six six two and a half, six three, two ten. Yep. All right, and you, you don't see a lot of 220 pound safeties out there um, at that size. So that would have been tough to keep him at that spot. There is no doubt in my mind he can go up to 225 and not lose any speed and still be fantastic. Um, I think what you're getting with Shane Simon though is what a lot of schools are going to start really looking for in a big way. And that is a kid who, you know, what, what word do you want to use? You want to use hybrid for this one? Um, <laughs> it, it depends what everybody wants to talk about, you know, what, what it is. And the big word these days is, oh, he's a hybrid. Yeah, hybrid is and, good. Tweener is bad, but really they're sort yeah, of the same I, I thing. I think that's what it is, even though they're the same thing. Exactly. Um, and I think when you look at him, he's going to have some ability to cover, especially in the slot. He's going to be physical enough to play in the box when he needs to. Chase plays down from behind. He has that kind of speed. So he has a lot of those assets. And, and the, reason it's important, the reason it's important is you look at it from the standpoint of specialized packages on offense, trying to sub out personnel on defense. If you have a kid who can play some safety, play some linebacker, cover the slot, cover the tight end maybe a little bit, also be a factor in the running game, you don't have to sub them out. You know, the, the big terms now, oh, is he a three-down linebacker? Well, you're not the number 154 or number 152 <laughs> prospect in the country if you're not a three-down player. So, yeah. Um, you know, so for me, yeah, he fits in a lot of different ways, and it's, and it's a good way. It, it, it's the evolution of the defense as they counter the speed and the spread of an offense. Yeah. It's, I'm going to be fascinated to see he, how he fits. Cause I, I think Notre Dame got a good one last cycle and uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, but Shane Simon is like 
15% better in everything. Uh, and you know, <laughs> it's sort of like the exact fit you want for that position. Before I let you go, being a New Jersey guy, uh, Jason Oa. That was a huge topic. The Notre Dame visit, followed by Friday Night Lights, Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame. He was late showing up to Notre Dame, was barely on campus before heading to Columbus. I mean, if I... If signing day was today, where does where does he go? What how would you handicap that recruitment right now as you head sort of into training camp? Uh, confusing. Yeah, is that a good one? Because you know, Ohio State was in the driver's seat, and he goes to Penn State, and they do a great job with them. Um, I've always thought Notre Dame was running third of those three. And I still think Notre Dame is running third. The question is the Ohio state education and alumni network. And I know most people think, let's just go play at the best place, but you're talking about a kid who left basketball, transferred schools to go play football. And he told me the three choices he was looking at were the Lawrenceville school, the Petty School, and Blair Academy. And for people that are unfamiliar with it, I'll help it with this way. The Lawrenceville School is about $58,000 a year to board there. The Petty School is about fifty-one dollars to $52,000 to board there, I think. And Blair Academy is right around there also. So when you're talking about stuff like that, yeah, you're going you, you're gonna to go to a big-time school, but academics, alumni pipeline and all that stuff are really important in this one and he's a kid that you know he lives away from home now he's at a boarding school about an hour 15 from his house um does he want to go to columbus does he want to go that far does he want to go to notre dame um you know when you go to penn state as a recruit for these big events they do a phenomenal job phenomenal job of making kids feel at home and making them feel important and buying in and heading into the weekend, there was no doubt heading into the visits, I should say between Penn state, Notre Dame, Ohio state, and he did them all within eight days. There was no doubt Ohio state was the team to beat. Now I think it's the Penn state, Ohio state battle. I don't really see urban Meyer losing many of those regardless of who it is, but we'll see how it happens. But right now I, I think Ohio state has the edge, but we'll see. All right. Interesting stuff. Brian Doan, our Northeast analyst on scott.com. Thanks for taking some time to uh, talk to us about uh, Shane Simon and also a little about Jason Owa. Hey, thanks for the time, Pete. Next up on Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra, Greg Biggins from the West Coast talking Jack Lamb a few hours away from his commitment as we record this. You may be listening to this after the fact. Uh, but Lamb, that's a guy... Greg, we both saw him at the opening. I think we were both really impressed. It's the first time I had seen him. You knew his backstory a little bit more. How much did he surprise you out there? And I guess what did you take away from watching him live at Nike? Yeah, so, I mean, I hope this doesn't doesn't sound arrogant, but I wasn't really surprised at all, only because I had seen Jack play seven on seven from February on until the opening. I mean, he plays a ton of it. A lot of kids don't, but out here in Southern California, it's every weekend there's an event, and, and the seven on seven team he plays for is, is probably, you know, the most hardcore team that they play in every single tournament. So I'm watching this guy all summer, and I was skeptical at first. I saw, you know, that this guy who I thought originally, you know, you see a guy with his size and and you know, 
you know, white, you go, he's going to be a defensive end. Yes, but that's, that's him exactly play. how I felt. <laughs> and I even have him rated as a defensive end. When we first did our, our ratings, kind of headed into the spring, and then I watched him, and I'm going, man, this guy is a legit linebacker. I went, went and watched the film, and, and I go, okay, he's, he's actually really good. And then you, you watch him every weekend, he would do something to, to flash, whether it be, you know, playing in space and, and just the whole stop, start, short area, quickness, burst, be able to do that. Or next week he's taking, uh, you know, he's covering a guy 30 yards down the field, turning around, finding the football and picking it off. Or he corners who struggle to do that. Every week he would do something. And he's just, he's just so strong in his hands. Once he kind of locks onto you, you know, he's good and he's so smart. He understands, you know, angles and, and all that kind of stuff. He always competes hard. So I expected him to be one of the best linebackers there um, just because I had seen it all spring and all summer. Yeah. I mean, I thought his length was outstanding. Um, it's just hard. It's You see six, four linebackers that just don't move that well. Uh, and he, he seems to sort of understand how to make that work for him from the recruiting aspect of it. It's sort of been back and forth between Notre Dame and UCLA for a while. Um, you know, this is a Notre Dame podcast. So let's talk about Notre Dame. <laughs> what do you think Notre Dame has done so well from a recruiting standpoint? Because they were sort of a late visit relative to his summer tours. They were a late offer relative to when schools made their move on him. Um, what do you think the appeal of Notre Dame has been for him that, that's really stuck and sort of like burrowed into his interest and the job that you know Brian Polian has done, Notre Dame's sort of West Coast recruiter uh, in that department? So a lot of things. And I, I think one thing that you mentioned, you know, they were a little, little bit late. I think at, at, at a point that did kind of bother Jack a little bit, not, not from a sense of, you know, he, he was going to write him off, but he, other schools kind of had a chance to kind of get that head start on him. So Notre Dame was kind of playing from behind. But what I think they were able to do to kind of get in the game was, number one, I think Notre Dame on that trip, it reminded him a lot of his high school where, you know, his great Oak high school is, is known for their home crowd, the game atmosphere, the, they, uh, you know, it's one of the best home crowd atmospheres for any high school out here in Southern California. And Jack said that that's a big deal for him. And he felt that at Notre Dame. He loves the tradition, loves the national TV schedule, um, loves the fact that, I mean, it's Irish Catholic school. Um, that's what he's raised on. And I think it just felt like home for him. It just felt, you know, comfortable for him. And then you mentioned Brian Poling did a great job, but, you know, he kind of, uh, got the ball rolling and he kind of tagged off to Clark Lee, who kind of was the lead recruiter for the last month or so. And Clark really did a nice job. And, and Jack has mentioned him quite a few times as a big reason why he's considering Notre Dame so heavily, uh, really likes him as a, not just as a coach, but as a person. Something I thought was kind of cool was, you know, Jack told me recently that Clark has a, you know, he, they're expecting a boy and they're going to name him Jack. And I don't know if that's just a recruiting pitch. If it is, it's the greatest <laughs> recruiting pitch of all time. Yeah, that's a but good one. But if he actually does name their boy, you got to watch that one, Pete. Monitor that one. And if he does name, name his boy Jack, that's that's big time. If it was a girl and named him Jack, I would have really been impressed. But <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of – so it's, it's kind of all those things. It's Again, it's, it's the you know tradition, the game atmosphere, the, the 40-year plan, the academics. Uh, he wants to go into business. And, again, if we're talking just strictly UCLA and Notre Dame, he loves – the academic side at both schools but one thing that has kind of hurt UCLA in the past was they have only really one uh business undergrad which is economics whereas Notre Dame actually has four or five different things you can go into uh as an undergrad business deal and and that's that's big for for Jack again that's you know academics are a huge part of his decision you know one thing I want to ask you in terms of fit into the defense uh Notre Dame's talked to him about Mike linebacker they've talked about Buck which is basically the the weak inside linebacker 
Do you have a sense of like whether he fits better in a one more than the other? Uh, you know, I, I think he can play either. And I, I literally was just talking to, to someone about this. I, I think he's one of the few guys in the country that you could say he can fit in inside, outside, in a 3-4 or 4-3 scheme. I mean, most guys, you're either one or the other. He, he is so versatile because he's got the size, strength, toughness to play inside, but he has the, the length, the athleticism, the cover skills, and the pass rushing ability to be an outside guy in a 3-4. Uh, he can be a 4-3 guy. He can be an inside guy. He, he told me – uh, really recently that inside is where he's going to be playing. If he does choose Notre Dame, that's where they want him as an inside guy. They want more team speed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, gone are the days of those, you know, 250-pound plotters who just are strictly run stuffers. You can't play with those guys anymore, right? The game has changed. But they want more speed on the defense. They feel like Jack's a guy who's – they can put him on the inside. So basically you're having a, a guy with outside linebacker athleticism but playing on the inside for you who's big enough to be able to take on blockers and make plays. Yeah, it's interesting. Like Manti Teo almost feels like a throwback prospect at this point, and that was not that long ago. But uh, yeah, Jack Lamb just seems to be cut from a different mold a little bit in terms of the length, the speed. Uh, you know, in coverage, we saw that at the opening. Uh, he looked real comfortable in that, and very few linebackers do. So, very curious to see where he ends up tonight, Greg. Before uh, I let you go, I'm gonna put you on the spot and give me a prediction. You know what? I, I would have, if you would have done this podcast with me a week ago, I would have said UCLA. But on the eve of the of the show, I'm going to go ahead and say I think Notre Dame has has not only closed the gap, I think they have pushed past coming down the home stretch. Kind of use horse racing terms as we talked off air, uh, and they kind of came down the home stretch. And I think they're going to get Jack Lamb later tonight. Huge pickup if if it does happen. That's my call right now. Excellent. All right, Greg Biggins, thanks for joining Irish Illustrated Insiders Recruiting Extra. Anytime. Thanks, Pete, for having me. This podcast is sponsored by Duloc Leadership. I'm Len Clark of Duloc Leadership. A DISC personality profile workshop will help you and your organization improve its communication, enhance team performance, and increase customer service. In other words, it will save you money. To learn more about a DISC facilitated workshop, contact me at 219-771-1004.